1: Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth.
0: Hi. Hi. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm calling you from, I'm on the show from the um, AME conference in Dallas, Texas, where there are 2,000 people talking about operational excellence and about the visual workplace. We just heard from Temple Grandin, who has done amazing work with visual thinking, actually, for animals. And uh, we have a special guest today. Carol Shaw, I'll tell you about her in just a moment. So we're here at the Visual Workplace to talk about and celebrate the Visual Workplace, letting the workplace speak. Said another way, how to make work make sense by visual information sharing, by embedding messages into the physical landscape of work so that the workplace becomes our partner in doing our work. It becomes a friendly and outspoken part of our excellence. I want to thank you very much for taking your time, for taking time during your busy day to tune in and listen, so thanks very much. Before we get started, I want to remind you that we are inviting you to help us shape this show. Please be in touch with us with your feedback and your comments and your questions. We want to make this show work for you. I want to emphasize the kinds of things that you're interested in. You can contact me directly through radio at visualworkplace.com or through our website, visualworkplace.com. And I wanted to also explain to you that the way that I've structured the show is that every other show will be either an interview or a conversation with a thought leader or a practitioner. We had Martin Hinckley on about visual guarantees and Pokey Oak devices a couple of weeks ago, and then we focused on the building blocks. The, the show after the conversations will be a show that's a lesson, something that I want to share with you that's a structured lesson. For example, the seven building blocks. We did seven building blocks, and then we did the eighth one at the beginning of September. So I want to partake I want to share with you the the knowledge that I've gained over the last 30 years about workplace visuality so you can actually build your understanding through those lessons and then we can see it in action through our guests who are practicing or have stories to tell as we'll find out today. So we're going to alternate back and forth like that. So today's show is about moments of truth, what they are why they're important, and how you can handle them so that they're learning opportunities for you and for other people. Our guest today is Carol Shaw. She's Professor Emeritus of Engineering Management in the Engineering School of the University of Dayton in Dayton, Ohio. Professor Shaw's, to give you some background, her first degree is in Chemistry, When she joined the University of Dayton, she was asked to increase the enrollment of women in engineering at UD, which at the time was less than 1%, and so her research began. Carol used to show up personally at high school math classes around the state to convince qualified female students with math talent that... A mere psychological barrier prevented them from choosing engineering as a career. That was about 30 years ago. Just to give you a taste of how far ahead of the time she was, she actually had to invite women engineers to speak at parent banquets in order to convince fathers (laughs) that engineering was a viable career professional path for their daughters. So... As a result of her efforts, women enrollment in engineering at UD at the University of Dayton rose to a steady 30% and has stayed there after these many years and increased from uh, Professor Shaw's very, very important seminal work. From the outset, Carol Shaw has recognized that fostering a culture of learning is the heartbeat of operational excellence after she did her work with bringing women into engineering, she founded and for 20 years led the University of Dayton Center for Competitive Change, and she partnered with many great thought leaders: the Shingijitsu Group, the, Ka- the Kaizen Institute, Robert Hall, who's a co-founder of A.M.E. and a professor of a professor of, operational, of operations at Indiana University, with myself, which is where we met. She developed a curriculum and a knowledge certification program in lean and in visual that trained over 25,000 managers. She completed with her thought leaders 3,000 on-site consulting projects. She's got a lot of experience. Okay? And right now she's in the process of writing her book, Moments of Truth. So I want to welcome you, Carol. I'm really delighted that you're here. Hi. Hi, Glenn. Thanks. Right. And why don't we begin by your telling us what you mean by a moment of truth, how you define it.
2: Okay. Well, as you know, uh, many of the companies attending the AME conference are in search of operational excellence, and they often choose... um, lean or transitioning to a visual workplace, more important. And that is called a change effort or a transformation in uh, moving from what they were doing, say point A to uh, point B. So that whole process we're calling a transformation. The moment of truth relates to actually a moment in time during that transformation when uh, the whole process itself is challenged either by someone inside um, the organization or maybe even someone from outside the organization. So the transformation or the change process is challenged by someone who, uh, a member usually a member of the workforce.
0: Uh, very interesting. And what is the challenge to?
2: What are they challenging? Well, they're actually challenging the entire change process or the transformation itself. And usually that transformation involves a, not only a change in what people are doing in their everyday work, but maybe a change in how, uh, what the company values in terms of what work is important. So it's a it can be a very disconcerting feeling uh, to those that you're asking to change, and they have to ha- there has to be a comfort level that's reached and an entire um, paying attention to many of the feelings of people involved in the change. So it's that uh, element that is tapped into when we have the moment of truth. It's it's the heart and as well as the minds of the people asking, got are it, we actually going to participate in this transformation or, or not? So it's, mm-hmm. it's a questioning of the change process by the people that you're asking to participate in it. Give us an example of that. That sounds really, really important. Well, Gwen, you actually uh, may remember this yourself because this was a uh, University of Dayton uh, visual uh, workplace um, transformation process that we were doing with a automotive plant in Indiana that had a lot of... Um, contentious problems between management and uh, the UAW union in fact one of the reasons they chose visual as their change mechanism um, as a foundation and a counterpart to lean is that it the visual workplace taps into the creativity of people but it was a, a difficult um, transformation process and any transformation process involves learning involves teaching involves knowledge okay. and we were um, in a classroom under undergoing the teaching and, I remember I remember <laughs> yes yeah, and one of our one of the UAW members um, first of all uh, his whole team didn't show up and then someone went to get him and uh, I remember vividly because he stood up and he said, I don't want to be here. You know, I have better things to do. So that's the challenge. Uh, it was, in this case, uh, it was verbal as well as, uh, uh, kind of physical. He actually stood up and announced it. So, uh, there was a deafening silence and, uh, so the moment of truth emerges. And it's <laughs> what you do then uh-huh. that counts. <laughs> and what happened then we're on the edge of our chairs what happened <laughs> well then? we were on the edge of our chairs at the time and i
0: remember by the way but let's talk about let's make sure that our audience i remember very vividly that moment when dave stood up and scared the heck out of me i don't right. want to be here i've got better things
2: to do he said yeah he was uh, kind of a linebacker type very nice guy but very powerful and um the first thing that happened was the plant manager was participating in the training, and that's kind of an answer to the moment of truth right there. He was physically present, which was very key to the next part of the moment of truth in which he gave his answer. And his answer was very powerful, and the plant manager said, um, you know, as a matter of fact, I don't want to be here either, but it is necessary to the survival of the plant. And so uh, the moment of truth emerged, you know, kind of the defiance, the questioning, um, what is it about this change process? Are we, are we going to do it or not? And the plant manager answered, first with his physical presence and then, A verbal answer stating that, in fact, the transformation was not only important, but it was necessary to their survival. I remember that so well. The plant had a proprietary product,
0: and they had a kind of captured audience for decades, captured market. And then technology caught up with them, and they were now going to have to compete as as co-competitors or as a, a regular company in the marketplace. And if I remember correctly, Carol, this was in Anderson, Indiana. Right. If I remember, Dave then went downstairs and he got, was it 2086A? I think it was department 2086A, right. and they came up. And they stayed. That was a very, very scary moment for me because I actually had no control over Dave or his thinking or his group. And thank goodness the plant manager, that was Jim Luckman, spoke up. And by the way, you may not know this, but he had just gotten off a plane about 4 a.m. in the morning from Portugal. He went over there to do some marketing. And he came directly to the plant he was very tired yeah that was a great moment thank you so why is a moment in, of truth so important why do you name it that and why do you call our attention to it please
2: well in any change or transformation process there's an element of unknown and if in the element of unknown uh leads to feelings of fear and um, there's always a, uh, you know, kind of a hidden question to the moment of truth challenge, and in this case, I think it was about the integrity of the plant's commitment to the uh, visual workplace initiative, and um, so many times, uh, I think organizations companies, plants in general, have introduced these uh, training programs, these change process, and then they've been abandoned. So, you know, the workforce feels like they've been whipsawed, and, you know, they don't know if it's real or not. So one of the aspects to the moment of truth, I believe, is always about integrity of the change. And it takes a lot of work for people to feel comfortable. They have to know where they're going why are we changing there has to be a lot of explanation around that Okay, so
0: Carol, I want you to hold on to that thought because we're moving up to a break and we want to know what happens next in that story. It's beginning to come back to me now. Several other things happened that kept challenging this implementation, this roll-up of visuality on the operator level. Right. So, yeah, that was really, really interesting. I had forgotten that you were there. Now, if I remember right, you got uh, caught in the turnstile on the way in (laughs) that day and we're going to have to tell people about that because that was one of your moments of truth right so we're coming up to the break now we're with Carol Shaw from the University of Dayton she has more than 30 years of experience of helping thought leaders and change leaders in corporations across the United States go through these very very important changes and we're going to hear more about her as soon as we come about this story as soon as we come back thanks very much for listening Hi, it's Gwendolyn again, and I'm here with Carol Shaw from the University of Dayton, a woman who recreated the Department of Engineering and made lots of room for women to enter that field about 25, 30 years ago, and who after that ran the Center for Competitive Change, bringing more than 25,000 managers into a new way of thinking, both for visual and lean, and bring, really grooming a set of leaders who are now all over the country. We're very, very grateful to your contribution to manufacturing, Carol. And Carol, just before the break, you were explaining to us why a moment of truth is important. And if you wouldn't mind picking up there, we were talking about Dave who was in a plant, a GM plant at, in uh, Anderson, Indiana, and he was uh, pushing back. Please take it from there.
2: Right. Uh, he was pushing back and and then the plant manager affirmed Uh, that in fact the transformation was going to go forth. So what's important in the moment of truth is that, that the change is challenged for whatever reason. Maybe it's fear, lack of understanding, a long history of conflict. But when that, when it's challenged, this is when management, the people behind the change process have to step up and reaffirm that in fact, this transformation is important. So everyone is watching what's happening during this moment of truth. It's the signal to the rest of the group, you know, who might be on the fence. Are they going to become complainers? Are they going to get in, uh, behind this transformation? It's, it's their, they're watching what's happened. So it's very important for management to affirm That the transformation is actually going to go forward Mm -hmm. and some form of a value is usually called into question at that time and in this case we mentioned that it was we felt it was the integrity of this particular change process that they had been whipsawed around before with others and they didn't really know if this was a serious uh, methodology of learning that they needed to kind of dig into and, and get behind. Oh, sort of the flavor
0: of the month syndrome where people think if I, we wait long enough it'll just go away.
2: Right, right. That's, uh, that's exactly what they were challenging and what they were, uh, deciding whether or not it was really going to, to happen. So he was, uh, I think, um, Dave, our our challenger in this particular story, he was um, he was testing the waters. He was saying, "Is the company really committed to this? Do I really need to invest my time and the efforts of my group if if uh, if this isn't going to if if the company is not really serious?" about this, if this is the flavor of the month, then, you know, I think I'll just bail out, and then he would have taken the rest of the group with him.
0: And if I remember correctly, he was not a designated team leader. He was just an influencer, someone who was very well respected by other members of the operator team. So he didn't have any authority, but he had a lot, a lot of um, personal status yeah,
2: yes, yes he o- did. Overall, is a very large man. I remember it. <laughs> Scary. Right. And um, I think also part of this moment of truth, in addition to challenging whether or not the plant or the company was going to stay with it, where they committed, was a question of respect because if people commit to something and then you abandon that transformation, which usually has a body of knowledge with it, you're basically saying you wasted their time. Uh-huh. And that's that's a statement about respect. And I think uh, when someone challenges a change or a transformation effort, they're also saying, look, I'm important. I'm a person. If I commit my time to this, I want to know it's real. Do you respect me enough to reassure me and Mm -hmm. indicate in some way that this transformation that you're asking me to take that makes me uncomfortable is the real deal? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that that was also part of this particular challenge. So let
0: me ask you. What you're saying is that in a moment of truth, those values, and this is kind of will you stay the course, will you demonstrate your respect for me, when that gets challenged, in your experience, do leaders normally... Meet that challenge, or does the methodology? Do they not meet the challenge, and then the methodology in this case of visual conversion just comes to a grinding halt? Do they ignore it? Do they respect? I know in this case Jim rose to the occasion, but is that common? Well,
2: I think that um, in in more than half of the cases, I think that management does not handle the um, moment of truth with the conviction and the integrity and uh, speaking to their own value system that they need to have. Um, and, if, and that's why many, uh, you know, there's many, many articles written about why transformations aren't working, how to sustain the effort, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's that initial challenge that has to be met and that brings into question uh the values of the management and the value of the methodology itself is it um, the right one is it being respected mm-hmm. and when you may remember uh, there were there were more than one uh, moments of truth in this particular uh implementation but uh one of the most uh, dramatic ones that we, we called the, the murder in the plant. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, okay. May I tell that story? Sure. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you gave away the punchline sort of, but this is a different plant and it was in Ohio. It will uh, remain nameless except that it was a union plant and there was a lot of contention, as you said before, between union and management. But they invited me to come in and I was working under the aegis of the University of Dayton at the time. So uh, I remember that you were in touch with this a lot. And uh, we were doing doing this simple thing that I call visual order, 5S. I call it 5S plus 1. It's kind of 5S and steroids where we're really going to emphasize the inventiveness of operators and get the operators involved. And to do that, I have found it to be very important to allow people to just be themselves. They have to show up. They have to attend. But participation really is voluntary. Attendance is mandatory. Participation is voluntary. Because you know what? People can show up, but they'll only bring part of themselves unless they want to bring all of themselves so we were in the first few weeks of clearing out the clutter before we got visual and one of, and Dorothy and Sheila and Michael had a plant this a kind of sad little three leaf palm tree which they were keeping alive in the middle of this plant and uh, I thought it was very dear and I complimented uh, the three of them on it they said you know it's not that easy to keep a plant alive in in a in a in a factory, and uh, I came back about three weeks later and after we we were just doing the clear out the clutter, get rid of the junk, and the plant was gone. I'm so glad you reminded me of this story. It's an amazing moment of truth. And the plant was gone and I said to Dorothy, very dear, lovely, sweet woman, I said, very capable and skilled, and I said, Dorothy, where's the plant? And she said, she has a southern accent, she said, oh, they killed it. And I said, what do you mean? Somebody sprayed it with paint and it died. And I said, that's terrible. And she said, yeah, they just, you know, we put a little sign on there in Italian. What do you mean, Dorothy? And she said, it said, don't mess up with my plant. <laughs> so, and, and it, you know, it was dead the next day. And I said, I'll be right back. So I went into the GM's office and I said, Mr. Mr. T, let's call him. Mr. T, may I see you for a moment? Yes, of course, Gwendolyn, come in. I said, Mr. T, there's been a murder in your plant. <laughs> I don't know where I ever got the nerve to say that. There's been a murder in your plant. And his eyes, of course, got round as saucers. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, you know that palm tree that Dorothy and Michael and Sheila were cultivating and keeping alive? Yeah, somebody killed it. And I'll be darned! I was sitting at the end of my chair, waiting to see whether or not what he, how he would respond, because this was the moment of truth for him. And his words were perfect. He said to me, "Look me dead in the eye," and he said, "I knew that plant." And he got up without another word. He went out on the floor. I followed him, and he announced in a really loud voice, this will not stand. I will not allow people to destroy living things on my watch. I mean, it was absolutely magnificent. And, you know, I'm really glad you remembered that story because this is an illustration of making a stand of a moment of truth that was so compelling. And after that, everybody, I mean, he spoke loudly. Everybody in the plant It went around the plant like wildfire, and they knew that this was serious enough for Kentice, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to say his name, for Mr. T to come out of his office and make a declaration of value. So I really do see what you mean. That's a really excellent uh, example. Yeah, and there there have been many of them now that I think of
2: it. Yeah, and what this indicates, uh, you know, our first story was about, the moment of truth was a call into question of the commitment to the learning methodology. In your story, the moment of truth is about the violation of the principle of the methodology itself, and and that principle was respect for other people, and and you respect don't go, for life, yeah, Re- you don't go into life. somebody's area, mm-hmm. and. Uh, in a 5S or visual system methodology and throw something that's important to somebody else away. So it's a completely different moment of truth, but just as important to the transformation process. Yeah,
0: that's really excellent. So let me ask you
2: this. We are talking about
0: managers and their moment of truth. What about taking that down to... Um, a personal level. I mean, what happens when a manager stands for the truth, you know, these universal truths? How, does that get played out through other individuals? And actually, I'm thinking about a particular thing that happened with the same Dave. And uh, uh, if you're following me, if you remember what right. happened. I, I right. I remember that story. Start and- the story. Hang Carol, start the story, but we're going to have to take a break in about 30 seconds. So set up the story, and then we'll continue it during the uh, after the break. Go ahead, please.
2: Well, what Sorry. happens um, as you move through a transformation or a methodology and, and people are learning the method, methodology and incorporating it into their their thinking, then there are different or additional levels of moments of truth that can happen that are just as important to the ongoing change process, but they are, you know, now we've moved through the fact that the plan is committed and we've understood the principles of the methodology and they're not going to be violated, but now we're actually into an implementation type of moment of truth. And that happens to be, um, uh, the Dave Roby and the Machine story. So, oh, yes, yes, excellent. Yeah, and, and in this story, uh, what's important about it is. Okay, and we're going to pick this up right
0: after the break. We can hardly wait. We're sitting at the edges of our seats. Thanks, Carol.
2: Okay.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands on experience, Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business.
0: Hi, it's Gwendolyn. Hi, here we are in the visual workplace. We're talking about moments of truth in a rollout, in a visual conversion, and we're talking with Carol Shaw, Professor Emeritus at the University of Dayton, a woman who has had tons and tons of experience in both participating in these conversions and also observing them and understanding what's going on below the surface, what's enabling one company to move forward while another one will get stuck and kind of drop the ball, drop their commitment to change. Just before the break, we're beginning the story of Dave, (laughs) who uh, is... um, an important um, influencer in uh, Department 2086A, and we got past the first hurdle, which was, is this company committed to this change? Do I want to stay on board? Do I want to influence the people in my department to really give this a try, see where it will take us? And we got a yes answer to that, but then something else happened, and the story that we're calling Dave... And the machine is about to unfold. And Carol, tell us what happened in that case.
2: Well, we're we're now at the point where uh, you know Dave believes that the uh, the management is committed to the transformation process, and uh, they've learned that the the principles of the methodology will be championed also by management. And they're learning uh, what they can do to um, participate in the transformation. Uh, in other words, they're inter- internalizing the knowledge um, that they're what they're learning about the methodology, and now they're starting to apply it. So this is another uh, door or window that can be open to a moment of truth. And uh, in this case, it was because the um, uh, there had been a very large machine that was in the um, in the production area that was kind of a thorn in the side of Dave and others in the workforce because it was put in place in the time of Roger Smith when they thought you know big machines are going to be the answer. To productivity, and in fact, they slowed everything down. So this machine was right in the in the way in the way of the flow, and was no longer functional. And in fact, um, the workforce had, uh, on previous occasions, tried valiantly to get management to move that machine or get rid of it they had put in a request for that to happen but those requests were kind of ignored but now we're in the middle of a visual workplace transformation and we're going through 5s and and uh you know workplace uh, organization and uh, so dave and his uh uh the workforce members of the workforce Said, oh, okay, I think we'll just 5S this machine and wait and see what happens. Another moment of truth. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's um, various aspects to the story, but the way it was uh, related to me by management was they, they knew that if they didn't move that machine, that in fact, the transformation or the change process would, would be abandoned. That's I'm gonna add, I'm
0: gonna actually, I was there, so let me tell you what happened from the point of view of Dave and his group. I'm just gonna, this might be a big surprise to you, but what Dave and his, and his, the other members in the department said is we are not going to do anything until that machine moves. Oh, okay. And, everything ground to a halt. They showed up. They did not participate. So they showed up, but they didn't, you know they didn't do anything, and I remember going to them and saying and finding Dave and saying, "Hey Dave, what's going on? You guys aren't participating." And he said, and he, it was so funny because he's a big guy and he called me little lady. He said, a "Little lady, I'm not that little, but compared to him, I was." Little lady, we aren't doing anything. You know why? Because four years ago we asked for that machine to move, and one month ago we put a red tag on it. That machine still hasn't moved. We ain't doing anything until it moves. Mm. So pick it up from there. Sorry, well, you didn't and, know. And,
2: and there you have it—a powerful moment of truth. Mm-hmm. So you know why does uh, it take for, take four years to to move a machine? And in, in the transformation methodology, you know it was still taking four weeks—too long. But thank goodness that management did. Mm-hmm. Uh, do what they were supposed to do, and that is send the process through engineering. That may be why it took so long. But uh, one message about to management about transformation processes is we are competing on the basis of time, and we need to speed these things up. So the moment of truth here again was: Are you going to follow the methodology? When we want something, when the workforce wants something, it's okay when management says, okay, we're going to do this and we want you to do X, Y, and Z. But then when the workforce actually follows that methodology and then challenges management to, to do something, you know, to fall in line, uh, then what happens? That's a powerful moment of truth and management must follow the methodology mm-hmm. and they should do it with speed it shouldn't have taken that long and thanks for reminding me of that
0: yeah 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 so th- in that case dave and his team were saying are we going to be creating parity because i know that when we we're teaching 5s we said the first s is not for sort through and sort out remember i said i lied to you before the first s is not for sort through and sort out the first s is for spirit Remember that? Right. It's for the spirit of the workplace, the spirit inside of you, the spirit inside of me. So I guess they took that pretty seriously. So what I want to ask you is, in your experience, have you found that there's actually a way for management and for the folks who are involved in the change on a hands-on level, whether or not that's supervisors, the maintenance team, operators who are hourly and on a value-add level, whether there's a way for them to prepare for these moments of truth since they seem to be pretty much a part of all the implementations that I've been in. And by the way, I'm thinking about a few failures, a few flaming failures, very loud failures. (laughs) (laughs) But is there a way to prepare for these things? And, And we are... Uh, we've got about three minutes before the break, so if
2: you uh, have a process, we'd love to know about it. Well, I, I think there there uh, are ways to prepare for them, and so what I'd like to do is, is give you um, my five steps, and then maybe um, after the break we could discuss each one of them, but most, uh, the most important thing is to recognize that a moment of truth will be coming and to more or less be ready for it. And so it's not so much of a surprise, and, and that way you won't have conflict around the moment of truth. It, it, it won't be like they're challenging you personally as a manager. It's, it's always going to be there. It's something that happens as a part of human nature and you have to recognize and be ready for it and then meet it with calmness and as part of um, any change process. So that, that would be number one to be prepared. The second thing is the moments are, of truth are are generally, in, in my experience, and I, you can comment on this as well, around the value proposition. Uh, what are your values as a company, as managers, and what are the values that are uh, inherent in the particular change process or transformation that you're undertaking? But there's a certain... Um, you know, certain values that I believe will be tested in that moment but, of truth. And Gwen, you may want to speak to this as well. No, but, j-
0: just give us what yours are. Uh, what would your values be? Which ones do you
2: hold close? Well, the first is authenticity. In other words, are we authentic about this? transformation, about the change process that we're introducing, do we really believe in it? And and that will show in the way that it's introduced in an organization. And if I'm authentic about this, I'm going to tell the truth, so that's the second one, about why it's needed, about who else is doing it. Maybe uh, it's even important to share the financials. With the group that you're asking to participate in, in the change. So telling the truth, uh, keeping your word, uh, having an integrity about the change process. If you say the train, training is going to happen for everyone and then suddenly, you know, the budget gets tight, uh, do, will you take some uh, money out of the management travel fund or or bonuses to to make sure that everyone ke- gets trained so it's keeping your word and then I think it's really important to listen um, to the workforce or to those that are involved in the change process maybe even other managers they might feel threatened uh, that was uh, one case in a in a in an office-type transformation that we were undertaking, the the leader got into it without realizing that they themselves were going to have to change. And there was a lot of fear on, uh, on their part. We had to listen to that. And sometimes you have to slow things down. Um, I think that it's very important... To have a value of joyousness in a transformation. In other words, uh, change is important. It's always a little scary, but can you make it fun? Can you lighten it up so that people actually feel inspired? Uh, we forget that learning is always an inspirational process by its nature. When you learn to do something work that first algebra equation. Oh, I mean, you're excited. Mm-hmm. And then if things... And Carol, and Carol I'm going
0: to have to interrupt you for a moment. Too bad that we're not sitting across from each other in armchairs. You can see me. We're going to be going into a break in a moment. So I just wanted to give you a warning. The music is going to stop, start playing and we're going to come back in just a little while. And here comes the music. So we're on joyousness as a part of the things that you value and change and something that you would hold on to in one of your moments of truth. We'll be back in just a short moment.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn.
0: Gwendolyn Galsworth from the Visual Workplace. I'm here with Carol Shaw from the University of Dayton. We're talking about moments of truth. Are they met or are they missed? And how can we prepare for them? Carol was going through her five steps and the values that she uses. So she was saying, you have to recognize that moments of truth are coming. You can't stop them. They're going to show up. Secondly, when they come, you need to know what your values are. And she was going through her values. We got up to, I think, number five. You talked about authenticity, about telling the truth. Third one was keeping your word, integrity. The fourth one was listening. And you just talked to us about joyousness, that it was important to keep the process light. And now let's go on to the next one. These are really interesting
2: and very, very specific. Thank you. Well, in the next one, um, kind of the opposite of joyousness, if in fact there has been a bobble or a a mistake in the transformation, um, one uh, incident comes to mind where... uh, a change leader, a facilitator in a lean process was um, the workforce had done a lot of work and he was um, going to take the management team to look at everything they had done, but he forgot to um, brief the management on not to criticize or not to question. And that's exactly what they did. And there wasn't any praise. And... And um, all of a sudden, nobody was interested in continuous improvement anymore because they felt that even though they had done something good, there were still questions for management. And the facilitator felt that it was his fault. He had not prepared management. He hadn't briefed them. And so he actually apologized. And But it was a setback. It took a long time uh, for the workforce to then uh, gain his trust or their trust. And uh, that's what happens if, in fact, you're not ready for a moment of truth. But if there is a bungle, uh, then you apologize and you make amends and you start over. Very good. And so what do we do
0: next? So we have recognized these moments are coming, know what your values are so you're prepared when they are. When that does come, and then what, what's the next step?
2: Well, I think you have to um, include, you have to be inclusive in a change process because uh, it's good to start with a pilot to show people, you know, what, what it is you're actually talking about. It's easier to get people out on that, uh, they feel like they're walking on a plank to the Grand Canyon. You know, everybody's scared. But if you can pave the road a little bit, get a pilot group to adopt uh, the methodology, and then you can show people, uh, and you can indicate that you're going to include them because there's a lot of um, halo effect that goes along with the pilot. So you don't want to uh, leave anyone out. So, you know, they'll start lining up kind of slowly around, you know, we want to get in, we want to get in. And so it's uh, because now you're heaping praise on your demonstrated area of success. And so you don't want to leave anybody out. So you just want to kind of slowly keep it moving, keep including other uh, sections of the plant, of the company, of the office, whatever. Fantastic.
0: And, and then, So, you know, before... Oh, sorry, I was just going well, to say because we've got just four, months, four minutes left. Yeah. I think that we should tell people about what happened with Dave, how that story turned out, because it's a very, very interesting
2: conclusion. Well, uh, now you're kind of rolling uh, with... You've been through a number of moments of truth. You've got your pilot area. You're including other areas, and everyone's taking this serious. So now something happens call it the acceleration of the transformation, excitement takes over. And the very people that were naysayers, the grumblers as you call them, can become your cheerleaders. And when they get on board, things really move fast. And in this case, uh, Dave Roby uh, became one of those cheerleaders. And I remember going back and visiting the plant and talking to him and asking how, asking how, how things were going. And he said, oh, he was sending his daughter to law school. And I said, ooh, you know, that's great. And then he said, oh, and my son's going to engineering school. And I try to, you know, get him to think about UD as possible places, uh, to send those kids. But I was adding up the price tag knowing, um, you know, what universities cost. And I said to him, wow, I'm really impressed with uh, the UAW wages. And he says, oh, this isn't UAW wages. I've been paid uh, 87,000 in uh, suggestions by implementing the things that I learned in the trans- in the visual workplace transformation. $87,000? Really, yes. I thought, well, now there's a motivator. And, uh, you know, some people don't believe in suggestion systems, but it's a way uh, for people to um, put the knowledge that they've learned in place. And he even said something else that I thought was so fabulous. He said, as a matter of fact, the industrial engineers are often too busy to stay out on the floor all the time, but I'm out here, and now I'm looking for waste. I'm looking for ways to improve. So a complete turnaround from someone who was obstinate, who was challenging, who threw down the gauntlet in the first moment of truth, to someone who's now on board, ready, and is rewarded for continuous improvement that's the dream of every transformation well that's fabulous so to the
0: question of what was in it for him he really didn't know what was waiting for him but when he said yes he jumped in and i think that moment happened when we moved when we had that machine moved and it moved within 24 hours he saw that he could make things happen with his own will it was very very interesting hmm Wow, $87,000 is a lot of money.
2: Well, that's that's a powerful motivator, and I think that, um, you know, there's a Occupy Wall Street movement going on right now, and I think part of uh, what's underlying that and the discontent that you kind of feel in many areas of the workforce is there has to be a mechanism of sharing the profits. sharing the rewards, not just dividing up the bonuses to a few people in management because management, in fact, cannot... Make all those continuous improvements that need to be made. They're not there. There aren't enough of them. But it's Carol, I want to, I I just want to thank you very, very much. I think
0: that we need to have you come back for you to talk just about that because your experience has been so vast. I want to thank the audience. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to our show would love to hear from you. Carol, I'm not cutting you off. I'm saying please come back and tell us the rest. Well, Glenn, I enjoyed it. I'm so glad. I did too. Thank you. And I want to thank you guys for listening in. I want to thank our sponsor, QMI Visual Lean Institute, and also Voice America for inviting us to do this visual workplace radio show, which is a kind of contradiction in terms, but I hope it's working for you. We're going to take out the ten doorways of the visual workplace over the next month or so so that we can open each of those doorways and tell you what categories of visual functionality is behind each. It'll be really interesting to describe examples to you that you can get just through words. Hope you tune in. It's been great. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth and I'm signing off. See you the next time.
1: We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galesworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.